All right, episode 49. Today we're going to talk about sort of five tips for those of you that are choosing to compete um, in our, Saturday, or our September event. We have a lot of first timers and even those that have done this before, you can always look back on the years before and like learn from your experience. And then obviously I have a lot of experience in the competition world too, when it comes to CrossFit. And so hopefully that I can provide some advice, you know, that you find valuable and that you can take with you. I'm super excited for September. Yeah. And I think it's important to know, like, yes, it's like the end of September that the beatdown is happening and it's only like June, July now, but like now is the time to start preparing. Like, yeah, you have to be thinking ahead. And we could almost argue like, this is kind of like last minute preparing, like (laughs) not that it is, but like not that what you haven't done in group class hasn't been preparing you for something like this, but like August is too late to, to like doing all of your full prep. And to like start thinking about it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, Timed well, I would say, but so like when we talk about the beatdown and what that weekend all entails, it means that it looks like five extensive workouts over the course of a day and a half. And I mean, there's been times where we might have done like two workouts in a day or two really hard workouts, one or like one workout one day and another workout on the second day that were both very hard. Just how demanding that can be not only on you physically, mentally, but your neurological system also. So for some people to step into a weekend like this, where there's five workouts now like that, it can be overwhelming. It can be a lot, especially if you're not prepared. And so I feel like us maybe giving that advice today is going to help a lot of people, you know, take that advice that might, especially have never stepped into that realm before. And those that maybe have done it incorrectly in the past and now need to learn from some of their mistakes (laughs) because I, it took me many years to perfect my approach too. Yes. Okay. So do you got five tips? I do. Okay. Tip number one. Tip number one is like be prepared and in the sense of coming from it, be fueled properly. That requires not only the day of, but what happens in the days before leading up to it, like that week right before is arguably your most important week of fueling for the weekend. Like what you do on Monday is actually preparing you for Saturday. And then up until that point, the months before that, you know, making sure that you're taking care of yourself nutritionally, you're hydrating properly. Like you just want to keep yourself in the best state possible to prepare your body for what it's going to take on. And I think we can throw sleep in there. Yep. In terms of recovery. I would actually rate that higher Higher. than food. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and like from now until after it's like days after it's done. Days after. <laughs> well, even volunteering, I require days after to recover. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so can you give us a few more specific tips nutritionally that, because obviously having a coach would be like a nutrition coach would be the best way to get yourself ready for this starting now, even for that week before the days of. But um, can you give us like a few tips in terms of how we can fuel ourselves properly for competition? Well, right now in these months leading up, let's make sure that you're getting your, like prioritizing your protein. Mm-hmm. And especially with it being summer, and we talked about this on our last episode, that's usually the, the nutrient that lacks because we're focused on like chips and alcohol and whatever, and like all this other shade food. 
So making sure that we're prioritizing protein right now. Um, if you're coming into the gym every day or, you know, every second day, your carb source is also important. So that's stuff like, you know, your fruits, your potatoes, your oats, like all those types of foods, those starchy carbs, that's good. That's fuel. That's energy. We want that. Okay. Um, the week before is predominantly all about getting those carbs in. Like you are, you need to be put in premium fuel in your car and that's in the form of carbs. We don't want to be scared of carbs that week before. So what you do on Monday is preparing you for Saturday, the days of, and this is always like a popular question. What should I eat on the day of? And the answer is don't change anything. Like you're not going to introduce new foods. You're not going to introduce new types of foods. You know, whatever you've done all along, that's exactly what you want to continue doing. The worst thing is you introduce new food and your body responds to it in a negative way. I always, I answer this question with the story of Usain Bolt. You know this one? No. Like wherever he travels in the world, his pre-game or pre-race meal is always McDonald's because McDonald's always is, the same. is always the same no matter where in the world you are, you can always get the same food. And so for somebody that like travels around the world running, mm-hmm. that's really important. Now, yeah, I know he's an Olympic athlete and et cetera, et cetera, but like is a cheeseburger or whatever you get, you're really going to hurt him on that day? No, but it's something that he's used to and can count on, right? Just a side little cool story. What was your pre-game meal or day of foods? I was a big oatmeal person in the morning and eggs. And if there was pancakes, I was having pancakes. Sometimes I'd pack myself pancakes just to do that. Like protein pancakes. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of liquids throughout the day, especially when you've got three workouts all in a row like that. Trying just to make sure you're getting calories in. And for a lot of the times it comes in liquid form. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, make sure that's a big solid meal and a big meal. So like a steak, potatoes, lots of potatoes, you know, just a few vegetables because it's a little bit tough on the digestive system at the end of the day. But throughout that whole entire process, we want easily digestible foods. So things that are mashed, a raw or like a raw apple, I guess apples are raw, but like a whole apple is not ideal because it takes a lot for your body to break that down versus slamming down in a pouch of applesauce is a different story. So um, day of mashed up foods, your go-to. You're not really going to eat protein in whole food like source things like protein bars or protein shakes. Like that's more ideal because it's a lot more easily digestible also. But yeah, liquid form. And I couldn't, I always could never wait for Monday to come because like I was back to eating solid food. Yeah. 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 And on that same line, it goes back to water intake also like up that week before when the event happens, that's gotta be four liters for sure. Like you're again, what happens on Monday is preparing you for Saturday. And then during your body needs that water to cycle everything through. So you're drinking liquids in the form of food and now making sure that you're staying hydrated. I I always like to tell this story too. My very first competition I ever did ever did was what almost like 13 years ago, not knowing anything about what I was getting myself into had my first espresso ever the morning of and drank two 500 mils bottles of water the entire day. And that's it. And then the first thing we did after we were done, got a big schooner of beer 
put down this beer and couldn't figure out why I was compulsively throwing up for hours later that night in the middle of the night ended up in the hospital on an IV. You're super dehydrated. Yeah, exactly. Just because I didn't drink any water. Like so dumb, such a rookie. So that I always tell that story now because like learn from my experience. Like let me go through that to teach you that so that you don't end up in the same predicament because you just put down one bottle of water in 24 hours and did like three super extensive workouts, mm-hmm. you know? So nutrition is like, such a high factor on the tip list because it's probably one of the maybe overlooked things you get so horse vision on i need to prepare 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 in terms of movements and working out and being as fit as you can be but if you got no gas in the car it doesn't matter what how fast your car can go you know um i have two things to kind of branch off on one talking about don't try new things like food wise I would also include like, don't try a pre-workout if you've never had pre-workout before. Cause like you have no idea what that's going to feel like. What that caffeine hit oh, will yeah. be. Yeah. Like don't just be like, Oh, it's workout. It's competition day. Let's have some pre-workout. And then you hop out on the floor and, and on, you, yeah. you can't even wait for three, two, one go. Cause you're just vibrating no. and yeah, you like, can't hold on to the barbell. Can't think idea. fast enough. <laughs> um, and then I think back to your comment of like putting premium gas in the car I think that that premium gas needs to be in the car a lot longer than the week before. Yeah. If you think in terms of like, how is your car going to optimally run? It'll optimally run when you put premium in it from the get, from the very beginning. So I think, again, reaching out for a coach to help you on this path um, with your nutrition for competing is going to help you with that. Yeah. And sure. it's not suffice to say on the Monday of Hey, what can I do on the weekend? Yeah. You know, like you're, you're too long late. gone. It's oh, too yeah. late at it's that point. So if this is something that, you know, is important to you or you want to put forth your best effort, mm-hmm. you know, I highly suggest that that's something that you get looked at sooner than later. Yeah. Okay. What's your other tip? That was tip one, tip number two. Um, tip number two is like back on that preparation train. So now you want to make sure that you're capitalizing on your fitness time too. And that may not necessarily mean just getting in the gym more, mm-hmm. you know, like if, if right now your, uh, your attendance is sparse, then yeah, I would recommend upping that a little bit so that you can handle the volume, mm-hmm. but look at your skill set. Like if there's a gaping hole in maybe one particular area that has not improved over time, maybe that's something that you just got to get a quick skill session booked in or you need to make sure that you show up on that day when that skill shows up, you know, and arguably too, at that point, we only spend five to 15 minutes working on that skill in class. And that's not necessarily enough as opposed to a guided session with a coach where you can really hammer that down. Mm-hmm. Maybe I have like stories for like all these things. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I mean, my first regionals or at the time I forget it was called sectionals and I competed with Crossfit Regina as a team. Mm-hmm. My first and last team ex- experience in CrossFit because I was the weakest link. We were on the bridge of a games ticket. All we had to do was win this one workout and we were leading the entire way. It was a Congo workout, which means that like the first person goes through and once they complete a movement, they move ahead and then the next person begins that same movement and you can't move on until the person in front of you. Mm-hmm. So I was at the end. They put me at the end because I was, I was deemed to be the most skillful and the very last movement on the list was toes to bar. And I got to the bar and couldn't hit these toes to bar within the standard. And 
lost our games ticket for our team. Like that was detrimental to myself. I couldn't carry that burden with me. And then I quit competing on a team. I said, at that point, I will never be the weakest link, but you know, and arguably that provides motivation moving forward, but don't get caught in that spot where maybe you're the, the part of the team that you're close to getting something. And with mm-hmm. another half an hour of just some really focused work, mm-hmm. you can be nailing that, you know? Is that that's a shitty feeling like that super sucks and I don't want anyone to experience that you know maybe other people will deal with it better than I did but like if something could be prevented it makes sense to take advantage of it right mm-hmm. well and especially if you put in that extra bit of time and work on that skill and maybe you don't have it going in we've talked about the magic of the open before there is also the magic of competing and getting that skill but coming in with just that extra like one-on-one practice sets you up to be a bit more likely to achieve that in the competition. Yeah. And when people are asking like, what division do I sign up for? I was telling them that really the differential factor is your gymnastics ability. You know, you either have pull-ups or you don't. Mm -hmm. And in competition, adrenaline and the cheering of the crowd and the atmosphere can contribute to you hitting a massive lift Mm -hmm. and it might get you one pull-up. But that chances of you hitting 21 pull-ups is a little bit different than you hitting that heavy lift repeatedly, you know? So that's something that needs more time and practice and refinement. And the only way to do that is to be more focused with the coach. Hammer the the goats. That's what we used to call them. The goats, the things that hold you back. Okay. Tip number three. Um, Tip number three would be spend time with your partner. Mm -hmm. So Saturdays, our partner workouts, those are good opportunities to make that plan with your partner to show up that you are both going to come to this session at this time so that you have this opportunity to complete the whiteboard workout together. And just like starting to get to know your partner, how they move, like, and building that communication rapport with each other, right? Like that's where teams fall apart on the floor. The ones that win not only are strong and skillful, but they're the best communicators, right? Mm-hmm. And so the ones that fall apart and the people that have, don't have a good experience are the ones that just go head to head. And that's not a very team um, aspect. Now I will give some insider info that in August we're planning a prep camp, a beat down prep camp, and that'll be an opportunity for you and your partner to through the month of August to continuously work together more times than just those Saturday group classes you know, working with the coach through what could be potential throwdown workouts, but like building strategy together, just finding out strengths and weaknesses of each other and yeah, just preparing exactly like that. So take those opportunities as much as you can to work with your partner and build that, that rapport between the two of you. I hate watching teams fall apart, but at the same time too, you know, cause I'm always on the middle of the floor in the, the midst of everything. At the same time too, I just kind of shake my head, you know, should have practiced should have communicated a better communicating team could outperform a stronger team or a more skillful team. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Tip number four, know your workouts. Oh yes. Like study the workouts. (laughs) Yeah. Like as we're the ones that program them, we mentioned this in our last episode too, is we test our workouts out subconsciously on you guys. Yes. And ourselves. And ourselves. Yeah. But like, 
whether the Saturday workouts are written as bits and portions of them so that we can see how teams work together, how the barbell moves through the floor. Yeah. You know, maybe we're testing the actual workout in during the week, but it's done individually because that's how the group classes are. You know, there's different ways where these workouts might show up or bits and pieces of them. So if you're smart and you want to know what's coming up before they're actually announced the week before the event, you know, you might start paying attention to what's being programmed and how things are being programmed. Making sure that those Saturday workouts are for yes. sure something that you're attending now for another reason. And I think um, like understanding flow of workout and movement standards, because we hand out a pretty extensive athlete package in terms of like the starting line, what happens on three, two, one, go, where partners are supposed to stand, how you change off if you're like tagging your partner in and out, um, like flow where you have to finish all of that stuff gets laid out so like having a very good understanding of what that not only looks like like for you but how you and your partner move back and forth through that and arguably our athletes have the biggest advantage out of everybody you know once you find out what the workouts are or even just paying attention to them happening in class you have a floor plan mm -hmm. like you yes. know exactly how this is going to look yeah then you therefore know how it's going to feel and what to expect. Like mm -hmm. you've eliminated a lot of variables that other people will fail to adapt to. Yeah. You know, so you have a lot of advantage to you, but you need to be able to, to capitalize on it. Right. So don't just leave it up to the day before to start building a strategy with your partner. So my past throwdown, I can say throwdown because it was the throwdown. Um, I didn't, I lived at a province, so I lived in Ontario, and my partner lived in Manitoba, and we came here together. So we didn't have the opportunity to practice, but we knew those workouts inside out and backwards, and who was going when, and how our transitions were gonna be, um, who was leading off, who was calling the reps on the synchronized, I think it was snatches, like who was the leader and who was the follower and stuff like that. Like, so that, that was tough, like not having that person to practice with, but at least we knew what was happening with each workout. You're super organized about it. Yes, yeah. very much so. Then there was no change throughout the day. It was like, okay, this is our plan. Cool. Here's our workout. Away we go. Right. And we, and we did well, like in terms of not getting to practice. And that's how I outlined my workouts too. When yeah. I was competing, it was like, you knew down to the rep and the second and et cetera, et cetera, yeah. what was happening and how it was going to happen. Like it was like mapping it out. Yeah. And the, the thing that's awesome about that, and I say it's awesome and I'll maybe elaborate on that is that as soon as things go awry, because which they will, things don't ever go according to plan. Mm -hmm. You have an opportunity of growth in learning how to adapt and mm -hmm. change your plan on the fly mm -hmm. and be okay with it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. to have that flexibility built in that, Hey, this might be the way that we said this was going to go. And all yeah. of a sudden my judge is calling no reps. I need to know what to do. Mm -hmm. Plan A, plan B, plan C. And some of our athletes have heard me talk about that in the past. Mm -hmm. If you come to prep camp, you'll learn what that means. Well, and I think too, and correct me if I'm wrong, but prep camp will also be a great opportunity to have the discussion of how do we strategically pick like who might go first? Like, yep. does the fastest person always lead? Does the slowest person always lead? Like, what is the great approach for that? And I think that one can make or break what a workout yep. looks Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Well. Communication first, strategy yeah. second. Yeah. And that's just a more mature 
level of understanding to what it is that you're getting yourself into. And that doesn't necessarily need to be because you've been in that experience before Mm -hmm. it's in all in preparation. So this is why, you know, we're kind of laying this out for you that even if you're a first time competitor, there are still ample opportunities from right up until today till the day before for you to take advantage and be of utmost prepared (laughs) for you to be as prepared as prepared as you can be, you know, so that you can have the best experience as possible. Team number five. Number five would be probably the most important one. I probably said that about all of them, but this one, don't sweat the small stuff. Like understand and have this conversation with yourself. Like, why are you doing this? What is important to you? You know? And again, if things don't go your way for whatever your why is, you have to be okay with it. Like, you have to be able to adapt, to change your approach, to change your attitude, whatever it might be. Don't sweat the small stuff. So like if your intention is to win this event and you come in here and have a really crappy first workout and your chance of winning and being on the podium drops, like what's your plan of attack for the other workouts? You know, what is your attitude approach now that that might not be realistic for you? If you're getting called no reps, over and over and over again, you're having a hard time working with this particular judge. How do you react to that? I take that one personally, just because of my own competitor experience, but my own, you know, officiating experience too, is like those judges are doing their job and their job is, is black and white is, do you meet this standard? And this standard indicates you squat this low, you lock your arms over your head. If you're not meeting those things, it's like black or white. It's a no rep or a rep. Like there is no gray area in between, right? So, And if there is a gray area, it's going to be a no rep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so meet the standard and avoid that confrontation. Like, like just don't even go there. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you react if you do get in that situation? Do you have a plan B and a plan C? Or is plan A the only thing that you went into and now it's not working for you and you're just going to lose your shit? So that just is another chain of events that that unleashes. Well, I think on that note too, we don't tolerate people losing their shit on the judges either. So the alternative to not having a plan B is not a good alternative. (laughs) And I think like that, like don't set the small stuff, like, and having your expectations or whatever that may be, that conversation also should happen with your, your teammate. Oh, so that you guys are on the same page. Maybe you also need to communicate like when you don't feel good about how a workout went and then they can help you get into a better frame of mind for the next one so that you're not having that struggle on your own so that you still have that communication with your partner through and through. So it's not just about the workouts. Like you're not communicating about how a workout is going to go, but your experience during and after and how you need support to get through and onto the next one. There needs to be a leader out of your pair. You know, it's Mm -hmm. tough when both people are passive people, Mm -hmm. then it's like, Oh, what do you feel like doing? Well, what do you feel like doing? Like somebody needs to just, and if that's not a role that you naturally assume, maybe this is a challenge to yourself that like, okay, I'm going to step up and I'm going to help try and guide this partnership because somebody needs to be the one that's calling reps, guiding Mm -hmm. things, you know, making this plan. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a bossy situation. It's just, there's two people that need to work together and somebody's got to take the role of being the leader. Right. (laughs) I think that's, that's a worth mentioning. Just don't sweat the small stuff. I think that getting worked up about minor details can derail your entire weekend and, you know, 
ultimately ruin the experience for you. So again, going back to like, why are you doing this? Whether it's to win or not, it, it, and it doesn't matter if your goal is to win. All the power to you. But if your goal is just to come out and have fun and experience something new and be a part of this amazing atmosphere that's about to transpire, that's cool too. But there's lots of ample things that can pull you sideways and distract you from mm-hmm. achieving that too. So just stay forward focused and always, you know, somebody always says to me, forward always, backward never. Like, don't get caught up on the small things. There's lots of competition situations that I regret on how I reacted. And when I look back on those things and I realize that they're just small things in the grand scheme of the picture, they're learning opportunities. Absolutely. But like in the moment they feel so insurmountable, but they're not, you know? So just keep that why, you know, really grounded. Like what are you doing? And just focus on that. Mm-hmm. I hope that there's some value in some of this stuff for, you know, our first time competitors or seasoned athletes and all of those that might be listening that may not even be participating in this particular event, but do compete on their own terms somewhere else. Like that's fine to take these tips, apply them. It's the competition scenario that is important. It's not event specific, Mm -hmm. be prepared nutritionally, be prepared with your fitness, like your preparation with your partner, knowing the workouts, know the workouts, like study. I mean, that might be particular for our event and our members, but know what you're getting yourself into. Be as prepared as possible and don't sweat the small stuff. Talking about this stuff kind of makes me miss it just slightly. I like talking about my experiences though. I feel like I've learned a lot over the years. I bet you you'd do one event and you would be like, nope, I've had enough. I'm too old for this shit. I can just hear it right now. Well, I feel like we can circle back to when you did the the qualifiers. The qualifiers. I feel like, yeah. Do you not remember how that went? Just like that. All right. As always, um, if you have questions about maybe your approach and your partner's approach and what more things you could be doing to be as prepared as possible, reach out. Like that's what we're here for. We're here to guide you. Oh, I have a question actually. Oh wow. Look at that. So say I'm coming consistently to the gym and I'm competing. What can I do in my regular class that's going to help me with the competition? Pick new skills. Get off the bus one stop further. Talk to your coach. What is the best approach for you in this workout? So how we give intentions, like maybe you, you want to challenge yourself on your toaster bar to try and advance that skill. You know, talk to the coach. If the coach says, I want nine unbroken reps, but strategically you might break them down well maybe you pick them a little bit more challenging skill then so that you can work on it and just do it in small sets of threes to get to that nine so now we're taking one step further lift heavier like don't settle for weights that you would normally pick add that two and a half on the end so you now have a number that ends in zero like just take new chances where they're appropriate or maybe it's like don't drop the bar down as soon as you want to maybe you feel like it's comfortable to set the bar down we'll hang on for three more reps practice cycling your barbell faster stuff like that yep all that stuff matters yes absolutely mm-hmm. how much you're willing to endure discomfort oh i know and a good one too. if anybody knows my sense of programming that is one thing i really like to test is i want to push your limits of what you think you're possible of mm-hmm. so that's a that's a good example is who's going to hang on to the bar just a little bit longer for a few couple more reps well and i think too like how long are you resting because that is yep. where things get won or lost and i've talked about that in class like hey 
you were outside of our time goal, guess what? You lost that on the rest. It had nothing to do with the choices you made. You just rested five seconds too long. And are you going to get off the bike and walk to your bar, stand oh under gosh, the bar? We have a stampede of people in class now, just like running to their spots. And yeah, and it's fine to run to your spot. That's yes. fine. But then what do you do when your feet get there? Yes. Can you convince yourself to pick it up, to pick it up and yeah. start into this, you know, yeah, lengthy list of reps we're telling you to hang on to the bar for because that in and of itself is a mental conversation that's tough for some people Mm -hmm. just there's different points of discomfort and once you start to look a little bit more deeper into what it is that you're doing you know find those extra layers of your workout there's many different areas that can be tested and that's the part i enjoy that's the mr burn fingers (laughs) any last minute questions um no i think that's it (laughs) okay all right as always Direct your questions to us. Let us guide you. Let us help you, you know, prepare for this event. If you've never done this before, take advantage of these options that are now being laid out for you as much as you can. Have that conversation with your coach that this is what you want to be doing. You want to be as prepared as possible. Make sure you have that conversation with your partner too. Don't forget about your partner and this partnership, this team that you've created Mm -hmm. and the dynamic that that entails. As we always say, follow our socials because that's where all the information is going to be. So Facebook, Instagram a little bit on Twitter and reach out, send us an email, send us a message. We're always here. Happy to hear from our listeners. All right. Episode 49 tips on the beatdown.